Welcome back to The Breakdown, a monthly talk show brought to you by the Finpipe Network. As you probably know by now, I'm your host, Sasha, and I'm joined by our curious millennials, Jeff. What up? Taylor. Hi. Lucas. Hello. And Jen. Hi. In this month's episode of The Breakdown, we welcome back Jason and Stefan, both associate portfolio managers. Hello. Hey, guys. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, so this month, our topic is, general, please. Forgot my drum at home. <laughs> Dead. Um, so let's get started. And I'm going to start us off with the first question today. Uh, what is debt? Yeah, so the main types of debt that we would probably be aware of right now uh, or exposed to are uh, credit cards, uh, which are very high-paying debt, uh, student loans, which hopefully we're all working towards paying off, if not paid off already, uh, line of credit, and maybe if you own a car, an auto loan, or uh, the big purchase is the house. So mortgage is a type of debt. And it's kind of what everyone builds up to and then owns for their 25 or more years of their life. Jeez. Freaky. <laughs> yeah, that's scary as heck. Um, so I have student debt, but I just got my first credit card as well. And I didn't realize that they were completely different <laughs> in terms of how they work. So what's the difference between like student debt and like now I have a credit card. What do I do with it? Do I, like, how do I use it smartly? Well, the first thing... Uh, student debt you accumulate obviously while you're in school uh, and then once you get out of school you have kind of a short grace period and then you have to start paying it down whereas credit card you build up every month and ideally you pay off every month so you do not want to carry a balance on your credit card because that's pretty much the highest interest you can pay on any of your debt hopefully Uh, but most credit cards charge interest rates in the 20% range, which uh, you can get behind very quickly. So you definitely want to uh, pay off your credit card as quickly as possible. So let me ask, Lucas, why did you get a credit card? Because I was told to. Who told you to? <laughs> I have been, what were their names? What I really, like? yeah. I really wow. didn't want a credit card for the longest time. I just had my Visa debit, and I was like paying online with that. I didn't see why I needed one. But then somebody explained to me that in the future, I'm going to want to have a credit score, and therefore I would need a credit card to have one of those. So you, you kind of need debt to survive this world, it seems. <laughs> what was yeah. your first purchase? Donuts. <laughs> Three dozen. Well, I am rich. Donuts for everyone. Uh, so what I what I will say is debt, um, it can be a very slippery slope because it can make you feel like you have more money than you actually have. So there are certain times definitely where in, throughout your life when you're going to need debt. Uh, it's tough to pay for school, especially how much tuition costs these days and books and everything else just uh, by saving up. So you need to borrow at certain times. So you need to take on debt. But the goal is you're going to make more money in the future. You'll be able to pay off those student loans. When it comes to credit cards, um, I would view it more as like a means of uh, paying, whether it's online. But Visa debit's great to pay online uh, or you should really not buy something on a credit card that you can't pay off in the month that you buy it. So it might be easy to use the credit card, but it shouldn't be. So if they give you a credit limit of $2,000, you might feel like you're $2,000 richer, but 
that's not your money. That is, and like Stefan said, if you spend $1,000 and you don't pay it off, at 20% a year, that's super high. That's gonna be $200 in interest payments a year. Uh, so it can it can catch up to you quickly. So it's good that you're thinking about your credit score, thinking about when you're gonna to wanna to borrow in the future. Uh, so it's good to have a strong score, but don't spend money that you don't have on that credit card, right. would be my advice. I'll take it. <laughs> I don't want to go broke. That's free advice as well. All right, so you're talking about student loan. You've got credit cards now. Well, throw in my car loan as well. How do I manage my three different three different types of debt? How would you suggest you know paying them off? Uh, oh, I mean, prioritizing based on obviously if you can afford to pay all of your payments, that's the ideal way. But prioritizing based on how punitive or how much interest uh, you have to pay if you don't pay uh, is probably the best way to look at it. So credit cards, as we said, are going to be the first one. Um, student loans, there's uh, options if you are not making enough money that uh, because in Canada you get a lot of your student loans from either provincial government or the federal government, you can uh, they have repayment assistance plan assistance plans that can uh, adjust the amount that you need to pay in the future. So uh, that can be very helpful if you are not able to meet your interest requirements. Um, but really, it's pay down kind of the most expensive debt. Yeah, and so uh, what's the fan, just walking it back a little bit. So uh, we'll talk about the cost of debt. And the cost of debt is really the interest rate that you're charged. So the highest cost of debt, the highest interest rate will be on your credit card. Uh, it's as high as 20%. It's been like that for a long time. It's a very lucrative business. That's why anyone's going to offer you a credit card. Uh, if you go to the bank, they're going to offer you. If you go to a Blue Jays game, they're going to they're going <laughs> to offer you a credit card with a fun like uh, like 10 gallon cowboy hat. <laughs> so they just want people to sign up because if there is a balance that's carried, they make a lot of money on the interest. So if you have different types of debt outstanding, uh, credit card, student loan, auto loan, you want to pay down, like Stefan said, the most expensive one first. So pay off your credit card first. Uh, auto loans, you can typically get for pretty cheap, under 5%. So it might make sense to borrow if it's a little bit cheaper over time instead of uh, just coming up with ten, dollars $30,000 for a car. So, so that makes sense. So you want to manage it uh, for the cheapest debt is fine to leave outstanding, most expensive, get rid of. Yeah, the one thing we didn't really get to, you kind of have two types of debt. You have secured debt and unsecured debt, whereas an auto loan would be a secured debt, uh, which means that if you don't pay for a certain period of time, they could take your car. So if you need your car to get to work and all those things, then that could be something that changes kind of your priorities towards what you pay first. But typically... It is always going to be in your best financial interest to pay off the highest interest rate first, but there's obviously other uh, things that could be important as well. Uh, yeah, and I think it's interesting that you say that because I think, you know, like at least in my head, maybe you guys agree too, that like when you hear the word debt, you automatically assume it's like a negative thing. Like obviously you don't want to be in debt, but I think, you know, there are certain types of debts that are actually advantageous for you, like long term. So, for example, when you're talking about the car loan, 
uh, instead of, you know, putting like, let's say saving up and putting $25,000 down, you know, taking out a loan at a low interest rate means you can put that money like into an investment account, which could potentially perform better than the interest rates that you're getting charged on the car loan, which means that actually taking on that debt now, long term in the future means you'll be in a better financial position then. Yeah. Um, so does that make sense? Like, is that? Yes. So just going off your first point of the connotation around debt is that in that it is bad. Uh, I think that's not a bad thing to have because debt can be very dangerous. It could be a slippery slope. So if you think of, you need to be cautious when you get into debt because there's a lot of people that will be happy to provide a loan to you and then you're at their behest. So when I was thinking about it, I think there's definitely three times or three different scenarios where you uh, would want to take on debt. And that would be when you're getting an education, uh, if you're buying a car and you can't save up and if you're buying a house, um, any other time, it's kind of, it's fine to stay away from it, uh, I think. Uh, but basically what you're doing with that is you're uh, using your future income to pay for things now. So, I mean, in an ideal world, if you could save up everything and just buy a house with cash, awesome. <laughs> that would be great. It's not really realistic. So it might take you 10, 20 years if you have a good savings plan uh, to save up for a house, but... What are you going to do in the meantime? You're going to live in a tent? Uh, live with your parents? <laughs> no, but that's actually, that's a good point. So it, some people that would make sense for. But so it makes sense to go in, uh, take on debt to buy a house because basically you're borrowing from your future earnings. So you're saying me, Jeff, I'm going to make money over the next 25 years. Instead of waiting 25 years to buy a house, I'm going to buy a house now and I'm going to borrow from my future self. So borrowing meaning for a thousand bucks a month, I'm going to be taking off my future earnings so that I can live in the house. So what if your projected earnings don't actually ha like happen? What if you don't actually make that money and you've bought the house and 20, 15, 20 years later, you're like, what do I do now? Well, the goal is when you buy houses, and I think we probably talked about this on the last podcast is you should buy a house that you can afford now, like the payments now, because again, you're structuring a payment over probably something like 25 years. So as you should be look, you should be looking to buy a house in which you can make the payments now and even give yourself obviously some buffer room on that as well. Now things happen, people lose their jobs, stuff like that happens. That is a issue with taking on a mortgage, and that's always going to be a risk in buying a house. But you, the house could have gone up in value, the house could have gone down. There's a lot of uh, uncertainty and that you have to deal with when you take on debt. It, but for most people, it absolutely makes sense. So it's something that you kind of have to deal with. Yeah. So that that is a big risk. Losing your job is. Uh, one of the biggest risks. And the other thing, it, it's different if you take on debt, if you have a stable job versus say you have a job as a real estate agent or another sales role where it's all, um, your compensation is driven by uh, performance or like if you're selling houses or not, for example. So uh, all of us here are lucky enough to have a paycheck come in twice a month. So we can kind of see what our earnings look like. Sure, we might lose our job. But if you have if you have your own business, if you are a real estate agent or 
I don't know, sell vacuums, sell fridges, <laughs> what have you. Uh, it's tougher to take on debt because you, you don't know how much necessarily you're going to make next month. So uh, a thing to combat that with is to always have money saved. Like even though you're uh, taking on debt, to have money saved for a rainy day fund or something. Now we're going back to the first first podcast, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It all ties together. <laughs> yeah. All this financial <laughs> advice is tying together. We touched on one, two, and here we're on yeah. three. So I can't, uh, I want to go back to something that you were talking about before, Jason, um, regarding like uh, how to manage debt and like how to pay it off in um, like order of what has the highest interest and whatnot. Um, so you still have, like a credit card is going to have something higher around 20%, something like a uh, car is going to be a lot lower than that. Um, I do know, like, for example, like when people are looking around for cars, you'll, you'll be hunting around for like different, different interest, uh, rates. So my curious question is like, how does it get determined? Like who decides what the interest rate is going to be? I'll pass this to Stefan. He's the, uh, the car finance guy. (laughs) (laughs) In a past life, I might have worked in automotive finance. So (laughs) the one thing actually, when you're buying a new car, uh, a lot of automotive manufacturers offer... Uh, a cheaper rate than you normally could get. Car loans are not actually typically that attractive overall. Like They're fairly high because even though they're a secured loan, uh, the value of a car drops very quickly. So you can uh, pay uh, for most of a car with debt, but that, that the value of that car is going to drop faster possibly than the debt. So car loans actually tend to be very high. Now what automotive companies do is they uh, use a process called subvention and that is they lower your interest rate. So the automotive company to sell you the car will pay the finance company money to reduce the amount of interest that you're paying on the loan. So that's why when you see offers like 0.9% or 1.9%, well, they're offering that to everyone, but really you could be walking in and actually deserve based on deserve is not the right word, but they would normally give you a loan at 10%. They're actually going to give you 1.9 and the automotive company actually pays the difference. But that's why, like as the end consumer, I only care about the rate. I don't care what's going on behind the scenes. So if I can get that car loan for 0.9%, 1.9%, bring it on. That's that's good. That's cheap. If someone's offering that kind of a rate to me, I know that I'm not going to get that rate anywhere else. So that might actually be debt worth taking on for me because it is actually so cheap compared to what any other debt would cost me. Okay. So another question, just like following up on that, is if I go and I get a, if I go and I'm financing a car, um, is there any way that the interest rate can change halfway through? Uh, no, most most of the time you lock it in. So that w- this is another actually piece of advice that I think is very important. Is that so? Typically, or you would always have a five-year auto loan, so you would lock it in. So I'm going to buy this twenty thousand dollars car. My interest rate is two percent, uh, very cheap. That's uh, that's a very good uh, rate to borrow at, and I'm going to pay that off over five years. And that interest rate is going to be baked in. It's not going to change. Um, so what's happening? What we've seen in Canada over the last five ten years is that. Obviously, if you pay something off over five years versus over 10 years, your monthly payment is going to be much uh, lower the longer the term is. So you see a lot of auto 
uh, if you want to buy a car, they offer you 96 month financing, 72 month financing. So you're going up to like, uh, like seven, eight years. Mm. So it's, that is very dangerous, I think, because you're going to be making those car payments for eight years, which is a crazy amount of time. So if you can't afford it over five years, but you can over eight, like stick to what you can afford to over five years or lower because you don't want to be paying this debt off uh, over such a long period. Also, you're stuck with that car for eight years, basically, because if you want to sell it beforehand, if you want to sell it three years in, uh, you're going to have to pay up a lot. Uh, to pay off that loan because you haven't paid off a lot of the car. Yeah. You're going to have to pay more than uh, what the car is actually worth. Okay. Yeah. So a side thing. So back when I worked in auto finance, the popular thing was, <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like a long time. I thought ago. I recognized you from somewhere. <laughs> uh, the, the thing was uh, Hyundai and Kia would offer 0% for 84 months. So that's what he's talking about. They were the first ones to come out with kind of 84-month financing. Uh, and that's that's seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Uh, but so seven years at 0%, then you should borrow for as long as you possibly can. Okay. Because if then you're not paying interest. Mm-hmm. So, if, so when you, if you wanted to sell early, then you don't have – you just pay off the amount that it's worth. You don't pay – Yeah, exactly. You pay off you. whatever the loan amount is remaining on it, but you're not being penalized at all. Mm. That's great. So there is ways to kind of game the system, really and they did, and they were offering that just to sell more cars. Circling back to the old credit and stuff like that, what? Why do I need debt? To like, why is debt needed, and where can it be like valuable for me? I think the more that you can avoid debt, the better. You talked about the credit score. Mm-hmm. It's good to. Uh, do things to establish a credit score, but you can do that even through your phone bill, through a hydro bill, uh, that will help you establish credit. But if you can avoid debt, avoid debt. Because debt is, like I said, it's just borrowing from future Lucas, in mm-hmm. this case. Last time it was future Jeff. But you're <laughs> borrowing from yourself in the future to spend that money now. Right. So. Don't you think future Lucas is going to want that money? Oh, <laughs> you don't sure. want to take it from <laughs> yeah. I've spoken to future Lucas before, and he really would like that money. Yeah, he's a baller. He's, he's a baller. His, his so. tastes have, uh, have gone up a lot, so yeah. he's going to need that money. For yeah, so the more you can... Five dozen donuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the more you can live within your means, uh, the more you can avoid debt when it's not necessary, you'll have access to that in the future when you might need, like, if you don't if some unforeseen event comes up or you want to buy a house or something like that, you have the capability to take on debt in the future. So the more you can stay out of it, the better. So right now I should just be using my credit card like a little bit and just paying it off to try and build my score up a bit. Well, Jen, what do you do? <laughs> oh, as soon as I put money on my credit card, I literally log on to the app and pay it as I'm walking out the store. That would work. <laughs> yeah, great credit score, might I say. <laughs> The banks hate you. <laughs> they want you to keep a balance. So. Yeah. <laughs> so would you say then that uh, living debt-free is actually a realistic goal? I mean, it's certainly a realistic goal if you don't own a house. Uh, once you own a house, uh, it is realistic at a certain point in your life, but it's probably not a super realistic goal immediately. 
So at all of our ages, if we were to own property, you probably are going to have to have some sort of debt. But if you can keep your debt to just simply your mortgage debt, that's you're doing pretty well. Yeah, I agree. So like I said, the three main things being education, a car, and a house. Education, if you're lucky enough to have uh, been able to work in high school or have parents that have helped you out or got uh, grants or scholarships, that's awesome. So that's potentially avoidable. Uh, car, you you can save up for a car, depending on what kind of car you want. So if you can avoid car debt, that is great as well. Uh, but the house is tougher to avoid. So uh, mortgage debt is it's kind of a... I don't know if an right passage. It's an inevitability, yeah. yeah. So, and it, it's not a bad thing because you want a place to live uh, over the long term. But like we talked about last uh, podcast, if you're moving around, maybe it makes more sense to rent. Uh, and sometimes the market uh, long-term fundamentals move, so it does make sense to rent. But uh, So living debt-free is possible unless you were buying a house, in which case it might be tough, but if you can be prudent and pay it down as quickly as possible, then that is, uh, you'll help yourself out in the long term. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Um, it was great having a realistic conversation about debt. And um, now next month, I was supposed to say next week, next month we will be talking about how to deal with investing FOMO. For those of you who don't know what FOMO is, it's fear of missing out. So thank you very much. Thanks, guys. For those of you who don't know what FOMO is, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs>